Reflections from Round Hill. A reading from Genesis. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Yabuk. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise, everything he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, yet my life is preserved. Well, today we welcome to our pulpit Rabbi Mitch Hurwitz, who is the senior rabbi at the Temple Shalom here in Greenwich. He has been a friend of the Round Hill Community Church family for years. So welcome, Rabbi Mitch. I'd like to uh, thank Reverend White for the opportunity to share with you today. Uh, Round Hill Community Church, such an important part of our ongoing faith work. Shannon has been especially a good friend to all of her colleagues at the Greenwich Fellowship of Clergy. Within my faith tradition, the Chazal, the rabbinic sages of blessed memory, 2,000 years ago, they, they wrote within the Mishnah, when we peer into someone's face, we see their soul, we see their neshama. When we gaze into someone's eyes, that's when we can really know them. The rabbis go on and teach only when we can look at someone panim el panim, face to face, that then we can fully achieve true tshuva, repentance. Most of us are uh, familiar with the Broadway musical Les Miserables. It's my uh, wife's favorite musical. She loves the show. She loves the music. And whenever I want to score a perfect gift, I would buy us tickets for Les Mis. We saw it in Los Angeles. We saw it in San Francisco, New York, London, Tel Aviv. And by the way, you haven't really enjoyed Les Mis until you've heard it in Hebrew. Now, for anyone not familiar with the show, it's based on a book by Victor Hugo. And the author is brilliant at character development, and the audience really feels the emotion and the conflict between the two main characters, Jean Valjean and Javert. As a starving young man, Jean Valjean steals a loaf of bread. He manages to escape arrest, but in doing so, he excites the ire of Javert, the police lieutenant assigned to catch him. And we see how this single crime dominates both of their lives. 
Javert dedicates his life to finding and punishing Jean Valjean, whom he sees only as a criminal. Jean Valjean dedicates his life to making personal amends and putting the crime behind him. And in doing so, he becomes a thoughtful, caring human being. The theme of Les Mis, it resonates deeply within me. It's a transformation, a transformation of Jean Valjean, how he changes through the power of repentance. In one scene four decades after Valjean's crime, we hear someone talk slanderously about him. Without revealing his identity, Valjean asks, will you speak of that miserable theft committed 40 years ago as your own newspapers prove by a whole life of repentance, of self-abnegation, and of virtue? Jean Valjean is telling us he repented for his sins. And the question we, the audience, must ask ourselves how do we know when someone's loving acts, their repentance actually secures forgiveness? The author gives us an explicit answer in another famous line in the musical. To love another person is to see the face of God. Victor Hugo describes the inner struggle taking place in Valjean's heart and mind. There is a prospect greater than the sea, and that is the sky. There is a prospect greater than the sky, and it is the human soul. To peer at certain moments in the withdrawn face of a human being in the act of reflection, to see something of what lies beyond their outward silence is to discern struggle on a grand scale. Victor Hugo is delivering the same profound message. It's panim el panim, face to face, where we read the truth in someone's soul. People of faith, Jew, Christian, we're supposed to be like the high priests of old. Symbolically, we're supposed to become face to face with God. This is how it was with our spiritual ancestors. Jacob wrestled with the angel and he named that place of struggle Peniel. For this name meant he saw God face to face and his life was preserved. Cultivating the ability to meet other human beings face to face is part of the primary mission of a person of faith. Because in looking at the face of a fellow human being, we're gazing into a face created in the image of God. We all need to better cultivate our ability to face each other, to look deeply into the countenance of others, no more taking others at face value, but really placing them in their true godly value. We are all created equally in the image of God. We all look different. We all have different faces. We all recognize people by their faces. 
but we need to cultivate the skill of really looking into a person's face to get to know their soul as well as we know their face. It's not easy looking and seeing someone's soul. One of the ways I was taught the skill was during my chaplaincy training when in rabbinical school. We were taught at the hospital to always meet a patient where they are, both literally and metaphorically. Since hospital patients are almost always either lying down in bed or sitting in a chair, the chaplain or any visitor is supposed to learn how to sit down next to the patient. And the reason to always greet the patient at eye level, face to face. This is also why people of faith prioritize social action projects. We don't just give needed charitable donations. We also actively give of our time. We make sandwiches, we pack bags of toiletries, we drag our grocery bags to the food bank bins, and ideally we reach out with love and smiles. And when we meet the faces, the faces of the needy, the faces that we can gaze into and see their souls, we can let them know we see them, we see who they are. We volunteer not just to deliver food or necessities or provide other needed supports, but to meet people face to face, to be introduced to their souls. This is really the challenge for all of us, learning to look up, look up and see the soul face to face. At synagogue, at church, we ask God to look upon us with love, be gracious to us. And this aspiration is codified in the traditional priestly blessing, recited both in the synagogue and in the church, where the temple priests of old would come out and beseech God on our behalf. Their words from our shared sacred Hebrew scriptures, may God lift his divine countenance God's metaphoric face to all of us and be gracious to us. And this really is our ultimate wish. This more than anything else is what we want for ourselves, for our children, for our grandchildren. That God's face will shine on us, shine on our loved ones for a life of happiness, health, and peace. We want God to see us. To bless us. But it's because of our want that we also know we must learn to better see others and bless them. Face to face, this is how we repent. This is how we grow. As sung in Les Mis, to love another person is to see the face of God. And I would add, to see another person's face is to love God. So my prayer for all of us today is may we strive to look deeply into each other's face. Let's live face to face, and then God will truly bless us all. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord show you kindness 
and be gracious to you. May God's face shine upon you and upon your loved ones for a life of happiness, health, and peace. And let us say, Amen. Reflections from Round Hill is brought to you by the friends and members of Round Hill Community Church. For more information, visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.